Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management LLC, and Luba Workers Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. For many visitors to New Orleans, their first taste of Crescent City entrepreneurial commerce is about shoes. A guy steps up to them on Bourbon Street and says, I bet I know where you got them shoes. My two guests on Out to Lunch today are both shoe entrepreneurs, though neither of them are involved in the Bourbon Street shakedown, thank God. Uh, Alexander Bourne is the founder of a new business rooted in a very old Southern tradition. Alexander's company is Patina Shoe Parlor. The company's slogan is, where your shoes are shined and perfection refined. I love that. Alexander, I'm fascinated by how you're transforming what has been traditionally a subservient service into a modern, thoroughly hip business. Welcome down to lunch. Thank you, thank you. This is I great. Appreciate I appreciate you having me. My other guest, Amanda Daly, is also shaking up the shoe business and more. Amanda is co-founder of Quirk, spelled Q-U-E-O-R-K, and she makes stuff out of cork, C-O-R-K. Uh, cork shoes, cork handbags and accessories, including cork belts, bags, and cell phone cases. Uh, Amanda, your French Quarter company is one of the only cork design houses in the world and is making quite a... A statement. Uh, welcomed out to lunch. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, Amanda, cork floats, which make a yes. great iPhone case. That would help me a lot. Uh, cork floats. It's very lightweight, and obviously it's waterproof, or the wine would come out of the bottle. Uh, cork also has an environmental positive aspect in it that it's harvested from the bark of a tree, which regenerates. I assume this is sort of like sheep. You know, right. There's a... Um, that's all great, but when we go shopping for the kind of fashion items you design and sell, most of us are interested primarily in stuff that looks good and is in our price range. How much do people care about the material that goes into these, these things that you're making, and are they buying cork for any reason other than it looks good? Well, I, I would say that there is definitely a market for people who are vegan, and that's important to them to have a good alternative to leather. To leather, um, right, yeah. Most of the people that walk in the store I will say that 90% of them, it's the look. That we, you know, humans in general are attracted to natural things. So that's the reason that we like granite on the countertops and wood on the floors. Um, people typically, one of the most uh, mentioned thing in the store <laughs> is, I save all my wine corks, I have no idea why. And so they're, <laughs> they're saving them, they put them into a clear vase, and it looks great. And so it's a natural wood, it's something that uh, people are naturally drawn to. So when they see a purse in, in walking by the store, they usually stop and come in and, you know, have this look on their face. They're puzzled. They've seen it before, but they don't know where. And so this application to them is very familiar, yet very new. So I think it, a lot of it now is the newness, um, the uniqueness. And then once you start learning about Quark, it, it sells itself. Is it pretty expensive? It, it's more expensive than most fabrics okay. um, because it's hand laid. And so the, the cork goes through a process when they harvest it. Um, that it's all done by hand. And so when they make the fabric, they boil the cork to make it soft and easy to work with. And then they take very small, uh, thin layers of it and put it onto the backing. And so that's hand laid. And for that 
purpose, it's more expensive than most, but not out of reach. Not at all. All right. All right. There's a now, Alexander, um, I know you also repair and repurpose leather shoes, but you initially, this is a great story, dropped out of pre-dental school at Xavier University to open a shoe shine business. You seem to have an extraordinary marketing ability. You're all over social media. You have a consistent email campaign. You sponsor community events. You were at New Orleans Entrepreneur Week. I see your photo on the social pages of the local newspapers. It would seem that with this promotional talent and drive, you could be pursuing something more profitable and, and appealing than shining and repairing shoes. What is it about this business that keeps you in it? You know what? Um, first and foremost, we're the only one in it. <laughs> if you leave, it's gone. There's you know, a, there's um, now uh, tell me how you're different than the, the shoe shine store I may be used to. Sure. Um, first and foremost, uh, we only offer a pickup and delivery service as well as a mail-in service. Um, ideally, we target large and small offices and corporations across the Gulf Coast region. Um, so we're looking for that, uh, that law firm that has six to eight locations throughout the country uh, with anywhere from 60 to 75 people on the low end um, to utilize our services. If you can imagine a dry cleaning service um, or... Um, any, any, any type of service that a company will provide as a perk or um, some incentive for uh, their employees or someone that they're looking to retain, um, we're looking to offer uh, those same kind of services with respect to the services in which we offer. So is there a, at a law firm, for instance, there's a giant box everybody put your shoes in? Yeah, that's pretty much the way it works, except we got bags. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I mean, you got 20-gallon 20, uh, 20 garbage bags that uh, – get filled up all the time and people ship them people um schedule their pickups uh that's it's it's really simple you know ideally just give us a call uh shoot us an email um schedule a, a meet your time and location we come out receive your goods service them and get them back to you in a timely manner and let me just ask because i think p sometimes people listen to the show they hear a, a neat idea like that and they're thinking can this guy make good money doing this can you well um speaking of finances um, <laughs> 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 um you know, I started this company in 2012 with $156 and 29 different sponsors from around the city, primarily on Magazine Street, um, you know, starting at Pearls and uh, all the way on down to Aiden Gill. And, you know, um, that's how we got in business. You know, all of these companies came together and said, you know what? And for one reason or another, they said, you know what? We're going to give you whatever you want, and we're going to help put you in business. And um, we've been in business, excuse me, we've been in uh, profit since day one. Um, I said very humbly, after 16 months, uh, we had uh, crossed our $100,000 um, uh, gross revenue uh, point. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's just tremendous. You know, when you break it down, uh, you know, over the course of a year, you say, all right, well, you know, after expenses and everything, this guy made, you know, fifty sixty thousand dollars whatever it may be um so what you know but uh when you really look at the true dynamics of what we've done when i say we <laughs> it's really me uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but when you really look at the true dynamics um as it relates to growth um and our true potential i think i think you know and i you know i'm not mean to toot my horn but i think it's phenomenal and um, it, it shall go unrecognized. And so I appreciate you all for acknowledging and recognizing um, what we have done and what we have the potential to do. Well, it's a great story. You know, one of the things that hit me right off the bat was your pre-dental 
Where did you learn to repair shoes? I mean, that's um, not actually one of the dental courses. Uh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so per stated, um, I, I studied English, chemistry, and biology over at Xavier University. I did three successful years over there. I acquired a lot of uh, social resources that have since turned into financial resources. Uh, one thing led to another. I experienced an inconvenience as it relates to uh, shoe shining. Um, so ultimately, I decided I was going to sell it. That's what we do. It's our job to make other individuals' lives convenient with respect to the services in which we offer. Do you think of yourself more as a marketer convenience, or do you think of you? Are you physically the guy fixing the shoes? Yeah, uh, up until about a couple weeks ago, um, <laughs> I was the only one. Uh, but uh, since then, uh, we've 1099 another individual um, to come in and help us uh, with those, you know, because, again, you know, growth and volume goes up. Uh, um, Oh yeah. So um, yeah. Amanda, what did you do before you start? You discovered cork. Well, I was in real estate. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I was I was born to uh, real estate parents. My parents owned title and escrow company, um, and so that's what I came from. I've, I've been in just about every facet of it uh, since college, and uh, was in finance. Was in I built houses. Uh, then I owned a couple of brokerages when I actually saw cork for the first time. And um, where did you? Was it here at the wine room you saw cork? No, <laughs> they, uh, I take that back. I saw a lot of cork before then. Um, but we were at Julie, my business partner, uh, her family is from Portugal, and they have a home there in Estoril. And so we, I luckily was invited to a trip, uh, just a short trip with her. And on the last day, we walked into a store in Lisbon, and I saw several things, more um, just artisan type things. There were some belts, there were some hats, and um, I loved it all. I, I didn't buy anything, but I was obsessed with the product and the cork. And so from there, I, I just wanted one thing out of cork, and that was a dog collar. And so I thought this would be perfect because I was reading about it, and it was hypoallergenic, it was lightweight, it never would smell, uh, it was waterproof. And so we looked in several of the stores and couldn't find it. I went online when I got back here, uh, couldn't find anybody that had one except President Obama, he was actually given well, that's right. that a, was uh, that dog. a cork yeah. uh, w dog collar by uh, one of the summits that they had there. And he has by the, the same Portuguese, dog, right? Yes, a Portuguese yes. water dog. <laughs> and so uh, <coughs> I, I found somebody who said that they would make me a dog collar, but we had to make 500. And I thought, well, I, I just need one. <laughs> and and <laughs> their explanation was, well, it's a day's work for us. You know, we have to make the die cut and to, s you know, to support making one, it's costly. So to do 500, we could do it for this price. And I thought, well, I'm going to go for it because these could be the best collars around. And bought 500 collars and from there sold them to various retailers. But people loved the idea, especially me. And so I started having more and more oh things yeah. made. <laughs> yeah. And uh, from no. there, the, the pe my friends, especially Julie, I think she dubbed me the Queen of Cork. And that was my nickname. Yeah, and, and that's, that's where the name comes that's from, right? where the name right? comes from, yes. Um, so what? Yes. Now, you, but obviously, when you were selling real estate, I mean, you were good at hammering those signs into the sidewalk <laughs> grass. <laughs> right. Where did you learn to design? I, well, I, I never did. I'll tell you, this is the interesting part, is that I, I have a business mind. I rarely care, carried a handbag myself. And so once I saw the cork and started doing things, I had several people who said, you, could, you should do this out of cork or this. And so I would have a few things done um, that I liked. Like, say, for instance, I saw a design by Prada. And I knew I couldn't afford that bag, but I, I wanted something with a long strap. And so we'd base it that. And then I had maybe, I think, 30 bags um, and went to Ferret Festival with those. And my sister helped me out. And we opened it, I think, 11 by 3, completely sold out. Um, but the, the better part of it was that 
the people who came there, and these were usually like Tulane students' parents, you know, they <laughs> came in and they would tell me, you know, you should do a longer strap here. You should always put a zipper on the outside, and this needs the feet on the bottom. So it was a, a combination of um, what I had started with and then what people told me to do. And so with a business mind, I wasn't offended. I didn't consider myself a designer, so you couldn't have hurt my f feelings, and you still <laughs> can't. Um, and so I think that that's a good combination because to make a living at something, you need to listen to what people tell you they will buy. And so since then, we've kind of tweaked uh, a line, and we keep coming out with more and more for that reason. Alexander, this is really, when you were a child, were you an entrepreneur as a child, or did you take leadership positions? By far. It consisted of uh, not shining shoes or repairing them, uh, but more uh, icy cups. You know, uh, icy cup. You mix Kool-Aid with sugar and water, freeze them in little uh, styrofoam cups, and then you turn around and you sell them for fifty cents. <laughs> that sounds so, like some good margins. I mean, it was decent when the only thing you wanted was a bag of chips on the corner store. <laughs> <laughs> and so you were that and, kid. And a, and a dollar to go to school the next day with, so it, it, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> now, Amanda, are you, uh, one thing I like to ask people is, are you different at work than, than who you really are? In other words, if we saw you in the store and you're out talking about the wonders of Cork, and uh, is, is there a different person than a private person? Probably not. I, I would say that the, the serendipity of, of Cork as a store, Q-U-E-O-R-K, um, is very surprising to me. And it comes from, I was fine in real estate. That's, you know, I never considered myself someone who would go outside of that, definitely not in retail. Um, and so the fact that I'm here has a lot to do with me even fighting myself. But this just, this person came out when I would talk about Cork. I was so enthusiastic. It would get other people enthusiastic. And I just rode on that high all the way to the store. So, it, it, you know, in, in, um, exchange for boring my friends to death with the same story <laughs> of Cork over and over. Now I have a store where I can talk about it and people, it's new to them. So that energy just, I, it's definitely something that I feel like the product itself almost found me and took me into this space that uh, I, I could, I would never argue is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Why New Orleans? Like your partner Julie came from New Jersey, you came from Tulsa. Mm -hmm. why, uh, why New Orleans? I knew that the French Quarter was the right kind of place because people were looking for something different. They want something New Orleans-based, which of course, Cork is based in New Orleans, even though the fabric comes from Portugal. It's all designed. It's one of the few uh, U.S. designed uh, bag companies that there is. Um, we do import some products, things that we obviously just are too small to make ourselves. But you know, there are times when you look around and there's 20 plus people in the store um, and they're, they're not only amazed by the product, but they want to take this home with them because this is something that they feel is a part of New Orleans. You know, our logo is the Florida Lee. Um, and then you're, <laughs> you're in New Orleans, so most of the people appreciate wine and they feel that connection. Um, so it's, it's done phenomenal, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. We, we've actually done a pop-up store in New York City um, over uh, January and February of this last year. And it made me really appreciate the French Quarter because you have a dedicated shopping tourists. Yep. They're typically looking to pick up something that is unique to New Orleans, and then they want something that, I mean, most people come in looking for a gift and end up walking out with a small gift for somebody else and a big purse for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's it. You, you couldn't do any better uh, than the French Quarter, I, I think. <laughs> that ought to be your theme up there. Is it the heck uh, with your friends? <laughs> Get something for yourself. They, now let's check the inbox. That's where our producer picks a question that's come in uh, from a listener over the week. Grant, what have you got? 
Peter, we have uh, two questions, one for each of our guests today. Alexander, here's a question for you that came on Twitter from James Hu, <coughs> who asks, what advice would you give to other small businesses focusing on traditional skills? It seems that most support out there seems geared towards high-tech, high sales. Definitely. That's a wonderful question, actually. Um, I would, um, and James is actually very correct, uh, especially here in New Orleans. Um, a lot of the uh, financial and um, social support that entrepreneurs receive are uh, mainly geared towards uh, tech-based uh, businesses. Um, now you're starting to see, you know, of course, we have our shoe repair company, and um, you're starting to see people uh, pop up with these um, printing um, uh, these old uh, printing uh, uh, companies, uh, old school printing style companies and, you know, barber shops and things along those lines. Um, I would just say um, sometimes you just got to go against the grain, you know, and totally negate the norm and, you know, just get after it. You know, if, if, if there's a demand, um, you just need to take the necessary steps to capitalize on it. And, you know, I think it would mark it will market itself. You know, I remember the first uh, in the first um, video um footage that, uh, excuse me, news segment that we have received through WGNO, um, I didn't find them. Like, I didn't know anything about news with the twist. And, you know, so people are out here scouting, you know, for these highly abnormal business, quote unquote. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> it's it's amazing. I mean, and you all do a phenomenal job with it as well. Uh, hence why we're sitting here next with the found, uh, found co-founders of uh, Corp. Uh, so, um, I mean, I think we just need to um, put a little bit more pressure on individuals in media um, and uh, individuals that do have the ability to provide that financial support um, because we are business out here, uh, excuse me, we, are, we do have businesses uh, that can be scaled. Now, are we looking to do, you know, three to five million dollars in two to three years? No. But can we do that in three to five years? You got darn right we can. Wow, with that's the a right lot of shoes. With, 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 uh, it's 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 a lot of people that understand uh, service. That's what it is. You know, it's a lot of people that understand that if I can go out here and buy a pair of shoes for one hundred and fifty dollars, that I can go and I can get it repaired for you know seventy five, eighty dollars. But again, it's it's placed me in a position to keep this shoe uh, for the rest of my life. Whereas if I go out there and just keep buying fifty, sixty dollar pair of shoes, well, I yeah. mean. You do the math. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's really unfortunate. So. Amanda, here's a question to you that also came in on Twitter from someone who calls herself Southern Bossy Mama. This is a, a question about, do you know this person? No, I just hope <laughs> I answer it correctly. This is a question about traveling to Portugal, maybe. It says, how does your company choose its top quality cork and why? Well, it's, uh, it's come from uh, a series of failed choices in cork we've definitely had bad cork and you can uh, get involved with companies that are very new and they're always going to present themselves as you know top of the line and you get it and two weeks later we have had literally uh, rolls of fabric that once they were put onto a handbag three weeks later the entire batch is peeled off the face of it so um, you, you find somebody who stands by their product and you stick to it. I mean, honestly stick to it. And Portugal is one of those places that uh, they're, they're not too forward in their technology. They're not great on email, um, but they want this product to survive because they, are, you know, they need something else uh, to 
use the cork for. And so this is a fantastic use, and people love it here in the United States. It has a ton of potential. So the ones who are, uh, you know, giving us what the kind of product that will keep us uh, growing and just standing apart from different companies uh, are definitely the ones that we're sticking to and creating relationships with so that uh, we'll always be known for having uh, the best of the best. And Amanda, I know it's radio, but you, um, you brought us this role. Is this what the way it comes to you? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So it's a upholstery-grade fabric. And so it's, it's rated uh, with upholsters as 100,000 double swipes, which is equivalent to vinyl. And so you put this on couches, chairs, the interior of a F700 Mercedes-Benz is done in cork. And so it's good stuff, and it definitely lasts. And most people, once they know that it's meant for those reasons, uh, they feel a lot better about getting a handbag because uh, they understand that it's not just Thank you. raw cork that is going to be brittle and fall apart. Um, nobody wants to so buy it. So there's a Mercedes-Benz that's um, yes. seats are cork? Yes, I often say that I need to sell enough cork to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot of cork. That would be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda Daly, Alexander Bourne, you're both great examples of the opportunity that exists in New Orleans today. The business environment is so supportive, not just within business circles, but in the wider community that entrepreneurs like you can take a concept that a few years ago might have withered on the vine and with marketing tools that weren't available till a few years ago, see your ideas blossom into viable businesses. It is really inspiring, and it's been great to meet both of you. Uh, thanks so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having us. Great stories to tell. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Amanda Daly from Cork and Alexander Bourne from Patina Shoe Parlor. Uh, to find out more about Amanda's Cork shoes, bags, and accessories, and Alexander's shoe shine and repairs, Follow the links on our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. The waterproof Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Uh, Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get this show as a podcast, and you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, hitsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Now, support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. Information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at presonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I look forward to meeting you again next week for Out to Lunch Around the Table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker and Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC.